This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk into the mic. Guess who's the prettiest girl in the whole wide world? Obviously not me. No, you no, are. I mean, I am, but if in you're your mentioning, own way. If you're men- oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. If you're mentioning you, it, that means you need to be. Oh, we are. N- Can we restart well, guess that again? Who's the, guess who's the prettiest girl in the whole wide world? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Let's Go There, y'all. The best beautiful show and your favorite afternoon show here. Well, there's two queens here. You know, on Channel Q, <laughs> where we talk all things news, pop culture, and everything else. Um, I am beardless. You know... I have a Halloween costume that I'm debuting on Friday, and I had to do some shooting for it, and I can't wait for it to show everyone, but like, I haven't cut off my hair since I grew it, like puberty. That's wild, because I did notice something different. I was like, wow, your skin looks very flawless. Thank you. And then I didn't didn't know that you just uh, shaved your entire I shaved face. It I shaved it on. Like, you you remember those episodes of America's Next Top Model when the girls would go through makeovers and they would have to, like, cut, like, two inches off of their hair or, like, shave their hair off and they would be in tears? Yeah. Me and my mirror last night. Really? <laughs> it was emotional. It was, because I was just like, well, what if it doesn't grow back? What if this is a time where, That's I don't know. That's how hair works. Well, it is how hair works if you have, like, receding hairlines and stuff, but I don't. This but is your face looks. we're talking about, not your... Hair is hair at the end of the day. And so what if I just had this fear of like, oh my God, what if it doesn't grow back? What happens then? I have to be comfortable with this bare baby face of mine. And now everyone that has seen me has been like, I like it so much better. Was I a hideous Shrek before? <laughs> wow. No. Thank you. I just think, yeah, you you look very... Uh- uh, fresh faced. Yeah, I do. I feel fresh faced. And, and you know, as you get older, it's not bad to have the the young look. I know it's not. It's not. But you know, it's, it's very still, clean. It's such a big change. I'm very happy about yeah, it. Yeah, try it out. But definitely look forward and look out for Ryan's Halloween outfit. Yeah, coming to you on Friday. It's my first big Halloween costume that I've ever one, done. Yeah. I got the glam. I got the uh, everything. Huge. For it. It's like a pretty big deal. He's doing year. Halloween so that all of us don't have to. <laughs> okay, lots coming up. Uh, we've got uh, someone from the Palm Springs Leather Order of the Desert, the leather community, joining us at 4:25 p.m. Pacific, 7:25 p.m. Eastern. What does leather mean to you? Wearing is leather? what I'm going to ask. Like chaps. 
Wow, belts. you have so much to learn. You have so much Jackets. to learn. No, yeah. uh, it's so much more than okay, that. Okay, well, we're going to find out more about it. Oh, my goodness. Plus, how Donald Trump Jr. is exploiting the recent Alec Baldwin tragedy on set. Gross. That's it in the tea report in a moment. It's so gross. All right, first, let's get into so much training this hour. According to students, uh, high school in Hillsboro, Ohio, has canceled their annual play after a local minister complained about a gay character. They released a statement to the local TV station saying the fall play has been canceled this year because the play was not appropriate for our K through 12 audience. The play is She Kills Monsters and it's regularly performed in high schools and colleges around the country. And the story is about a high school senior who sets out to learn more about his recently deceased sister and includes the implication that she was gay. And the play is intended for audiences as young as 11 years old. People are so worried about gay people. It's like so annoying. It is true. Sad. It's like really annoying. Finally, President Joe Biden has signed an order detailing the new travel policies, which will come into effect on November 8th in an attempt to, quote, move away from country by country restrictions previously applied during the COVID-19 pandemic. The U.S. government will impose a new worldwide travel restriction policy that focuses heavily on vaccination as a requirement to travel. That's according to the White House today. It'll be interesting to see what some folks thinks, think about that. If you don't have a vaccination, it could mm-hmm. stop you from traveling uh, around the world. And As it should. You yeah. don't get other folks sick. True. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my God. Let's talk about the gross thing Donald Trump Jr. is deciding to do. He is in the hot seat after trying to make money off of Alec Baldwin's tragic shooting. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So on Monday morning, the former president's son advertised on Instagram stories that he was selling this shirt. Quote, on the shirt, it says, guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people. Oh. And he was sh- selling these shirts on shopdonjr.com for $30, twenty seven Now, while so he quickly bad. pulled the link uh, profiting from, uh, you know, Helena Hutchinson's death, the 43-year-old has been ceaselessly making jokes about the incident, posting cruel memes, and repeating claims that Baldwin was 100% to blame and suggestions that his, his motives be investigated. He even captioned one of his posts saying this, for those who are out there doing the fake sectimonial about leaving Alec Baldwin alone, let's all remember that Alec Baldwin would be the first person peeing on everyone's grave if the shoes were on the other foot. Screw him. What? Yikes. He's How, just bitter and angry. I mean, Alec Baldwin has been very um, outspoken yeah. about his disdain for the Trump family, but this is ridiculous. We've been seeing a lot of Republicans politicize this moment. Candace Owens had something to say. She called it um, this whole shooting poetic justice is what he it's deserved. Um, it, oh, really? I, is this it, what the person who died deserved? That's oh, what gosh. I'm saying. It's oh. absolutely um, heartbreaking and disgusting. And Donald Trump Jr., please go away. Way. I feel like if I say his name like six more times, like it's going to be like the apocalypse is starting. So that's your team report. I got more next hour. It's like looking in the mirror and saying, was it Bloody, Bloody Mary? Mary Candyman. Yeah, right. Now, uh, coming up on the show, not only are Democrats fighting Republicans over the latest bill, they're fighting each other. How the decision could impact your Medicare. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
As President Biden is trying to push his infrastructure bill forward, Medicare seems to be a sticking point, among many other things. Well, Rachel Rubine joins us right now, the Health 202 author at The Washington Post. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so what is being proposed and who's actually fighting against it? Because it seems to be everyone at this point. Um, Great question. Um, Right now, the effort to expand Medicare to include dental, vision, and hearing benefits is really in flux on Capitol Hill. Lawmakers, um, I'm here right now on the Hill, lawmakers are hoping to and want to get a framework before um, Biden goes overseas later this week, but uh, it's unclear. Uh, in terms of the med- Medicare benefits, though, um, Senator Joe Manchin has expressed concerns. Um, from his point of view, he would like to ensure Medicare is fiscally sustainable before adding new coverage benefits to the program. Interesting. And of course, it's Manchin. Um, But I I would assume the infighting over health care has also delayed other important things in the party's agenda. Is that true? I think the health care provisions right now are, are one of the big things that are still being decided. Um, that and you know this this is all tied together in terms of getting a top line spending number and kind of getting an agreement and framework together on the social spending bill. Another thing that's um, really in flux right now is uh, allowing Medicare to negotiate uh, drug prices as well as extending Medicaid to 2.2 million adults in states that have not taken up Obamacare's expansion. Okay, and so when will we see a deadline on this? I I mean, when will a decision happen right now? Because I feel like we've been hearing about all these bills. And by the way, is the infrastructure and the spending bill the same thing? Oh, good question. There's a bipartisan infrastructure bill, um, and there is a bill right now that's still being worked on that is... um, Biden's, you might hear it being called like Biden's social spending bill, Biden's economic package. So those are two two separate bills. Got it. Okay, thank you for clarifying, because for the regular person, it could be hard to keep track of this. So the the social spending bill, this one that includes the Medicare, uh, when does this need to be decided? That's a great question. And um, something that everyone is is figuring <laughs> out i mean it, at the i mean yeah it's a great question at the moment um congressional leaders would love to have some kind of agreement contours of this mm-hmm. by when biden goes overseas later this week but you know it's 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 up in the air on whether that will will happen or not you know i i do want to talk about how could this decision what, regardless of what it's going to be, how could that decision impact voters' kind of decision-making moving forward, especially for the Democratic Party? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question and, um, you know, definitely something that are on, that's on lawmakers and Democratic strategist minds. Um, these are policies that, uh, you know, some members of the Democratic Party uh, have championed for years. So they're definitely cognizant in wanting to bring some policies that are tangible home to voters 
before the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And it seems like this continues to uh, put Democrats against each other, which I'm sure the Republicans are enjoying to see the entertainment of this as well. What are your thoughts on Um, that uh, in terms of the perception of the party? Oh, I I mean, I I think uh, in terms of the social spending bill, I think, you know, Republicans are sticking together um, and will vote against that bill, um, which means Democrats know that it's something they have to go at alone, which is why you're seeing, you know, so much weight being given to what, you know, any Democrat in the House says and any senator in the House says, because there's the Democrats have such slim majorities here on Capitol Hill. For instance, the Senate can't lose a Democratic vote and pass the bill, and the House can only afford uh, three defections and still pass the bill. Why should the average American care about this? Good question. Another one. That's a great question. And I mean, you know, what I think Democrats will tell you is, you know, these are the health care policies that They've been champion championing for years. Um, you know, Democrats will say that if they, you know, deliver on this, they would be uh, adding new benefits to Medicare that some seniors don't have. That's dental vision hearing. They would be extending uh, Medicaid uh, safety net health care program to 2.2 million adults. Um allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices. So those are some of the things that, you know, if they do pass the bill, you'd expect to see them, you know, touting when they're on the campaign trail or, you know, uh, selling the bill to to Americans. Definitely. Well, thank you for explaining all of this to us as it continues. That was Rachel Rubin, the Health 202 reporter at The Washington Post. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Next up, the White House keeps rejecting Trump's latest bid for January 6th secrecy. How this could impact the investigation? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. President Biden has rejected yet another request from his uh, predecessor, Donald Trump, of course, to cover up Trump's rule in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. And SV Date, who's the senior White House correspondent for Off Post, joins us right now to dig in. Thanks for being here. Are you there? Yeah, oh, SV, there you are. We hear you. Uh, so this isn't the first time he's rejected this. Biden also rejected Trump's request to assert executive order earlier this month. So is there a maximum amount of times he could do this? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, procedurally what's happening is that the select committee is asking for these documents in groups, in, in tranches. And so every time they come up with uh, some research that say, okay, we think we need this bunch of emails from uh, – chief of staff, let's say, to, you know, the deputy chief of staff, and they, they put that in writing, and along with five other documents, and they send that along to the National Archives. National Archives then goes to the White House and says, hey, the, the House committee is asking for these things. What should we do? And then a week later, they might get another request. So that's why we're seeing these repeated letters, and we'll keep seeing them, I, I, I imagine. And each time what happens is that the former president says, hey, no, no, you can't give any of these because of executive privilege and I was the president and, and et cetera. And Biden so far said, no, that's not good enough. Uh, you, tried yeah. to do, um, you tried to overthrow the election and using executive privilege to hide that would be inappropriate. 
can you so that's break, who we are. Can you actually break down what executive privilege is for anyone that doesn't really understand it? Sure. Uh, executive privilege is, you won't find that phrase in the Constitution, but you do find the powers of the executive, you know, what the president's supposed to be able to do versus what Congress can do and versus what the courts do. And so over the years, there's been this idea that one one of these branches is not superior to the other, and they're kind of held in checks and balances. And so when the president says that, okay, in order to do my job, I can't have the legislature meddling all the time, that's been asserting what's come to be known as executive privilege, that no Congress can't have my chief of staff and waste all his time or her time on Capitol Hill testifying because that's interfering with the job. So let's negotiate. That person can come, can come for this many hours on this date. And as to documents, typically the executive has said, no, these things that are important for making decisions, for having a review of what we're thinking about doing, we can't release those at all because otherwise I won't be able to get good advice. Yeah. So that's the, the concept of executive privilege. And what Donald Trump is doing is basically saying, all right, um, you can't use, you can't look at any of the stuff that we did because of executive privilege. And, and, they, and the, the new president, Biden, as well as most reasonable folks are saying, no, you tried to overthrow the government. You don't get to hide that using the powers of that government. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and now uh, President Trump's lawyers filed a suit also last week against the National Archives and the Congressional Committee. So are they going to just keep finding loopholes or ways to block anything from coming out about his role in the January 6th attack? It seems like that's happening. Right. Well, that is a worry, of course, because you, you can never predict what courts are going to do. However, I will say that Trump is not the president. When he was the president, the courts usually gave him deference. They said, all right, well, you know, um, you are the chief executive, and with that comes some power and some responsibility, and so we're not going to avoid meddling in that. Well, he's not the president anymore, and so now the onus is on him. He needs to go to the court and show and prove that, uh, that turning over these documents would be bad for the country, not just for him, but for the country. And so that hearing on November 4th is going to be very interesting. It, uh, Donald Trump is going to have to show that somehow not releasing these documents is important for the interest of the United States of America. And given that the judge that, they, that he drew is someone who has been pretty hard on the January 6th defendants who are being uh, tried criminally, um, I think that's going to be a tough one for him to do. And if he loses, those documents can be turned over immediately. Uh, it would be up to Donald Trump to try to go to the appellate court and say, no, please stop this from happening, or then to the Supreme Court. So you see that it, it's, it's not the plaintiffs here. It's not like the House of Representatives trying to get the court to, to make them do something. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's Donald Trump trying to make them, uh, you know, plead with them to try to stop them from turning these over. Okay, so we have about like 15 seconds, 30 seconds left. What's the timeline here? Is this thing going to like go into well into 2022, or is this going to be kind of like a short thing that we see kind of play out? I think this is going to be relatively short. Uh, yeah, and even if they lose on this, there are so many things coming in from other agencies. You know, the, the people on that committee are well aware there's a midterm next year. The Democrats could lose the House. And with that, the, the investigation in the, in the Congress would end. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty set on getting something out by, I would say, summer of next year.
Okay, well, thank you for all those updates. That was SV Date, a senior White House correspondent at HuffPost. Thanks again for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, now, this madness continues. There are pastors out there telling people that Trump is still president. Well, is he? He thinks so. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. In the continuation of the weirdness of Trump and the election he thinks he won, there's these pastors who are now telling people that Trump is still president and they're ready for war. They're called the Patriot Church Movement. This is getting weird. You know, the Patriot Church Movement sounds like... Something that I couldn't even, I wouldn't even, I don't even know, honestly. Like, I could never imagine going to a church called the Patriot Church Movement. What's it called? The Patriot Church Movement. Okay, so I was right. That's the name of the church? It's like the movement, the... Oh, that's what they're doing. That's not the name of the church. Yeah, it's it's a year-old movement called the Patriot Church. It's a network of four, soon-to-be six churches. So it is a group that appears to put the worship of Trump on par with worshiping God. (laughs) Bernie Sermonessa has these sound effects. Ew. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Honestly, same. She's all of us right now. Ew, no. Um, And then what is even crazier is they're saying um, that there's this black robed robed regiment. It's this mythic belief that there were groups of Christian ministers who took up arms against the British and led their their congregants to war. And they said that they kind of need to do the same, like in this day and age. Well, remember, okay, so there's a story that I've been wanting to do um, where there's this new thing that Trump supporters are talking about with black flags. Oh, yeah. Where they're putting up black flags and basically it's kind of like Trump's latest threatening symbol. And so... We all know if you are kind of a in in the in the trenches like this with Trump, it's kind of like honestly a cult. It is it is, is yeah. you know Trumpology. 
I mean, all those words. I just came up with that. <laughs> Let's Google it. I maybe, think it's probably maybe a thing. Do you want to trademark it? Maybe. <laughs> maybe I should. Weird. I mean, why not? That's like reparations. Um, but yeah, seriously. And so I wouldn't be shocked if there there are these folks kind of having these movements, this patriot movement, and then putting God behind them and making it feel like that's their duty, that's their destiny. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. It's It's smart. And if you were Trump, you're like, great, they're doing the work for me, right? Yeah. I'm just here doing my thing. They could use my name. It's the same thing he did with real estate. He just threw his name on things and everyone else worked for him. <laughs> He's doing the same thing in politics. He most definitely has the 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 rich, um, like, cishet white man handbook down, like the playbook. That's how, how you do it. How do you scale yourself? Just get other people <laughs> to do all the work for you on the ground. Oh, my God. And he's doing it. And what better way to infiltrate than in religion, right? In the church. It's like the best marketing scheme ever. So, I mean, we've talked about this before, but now it's it's getting to the next layer. And this is definitely the, the dark underground or I guess even, it's not that underground anymore version of it. Uh, But next up, we're going to be getting into some what's trending this hour, how Uganda is stepping up for the trans community, but has a long way to go. That and more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, we're back. And of course, more music coming for you right here on Channel Q. So stick around and hang out with us. But we've got more show right now coming up. Floyd Mayweather versus the LGBTQ community. Oh, the fight is on right now. We'll tell you what happened to the T-Report in a moment. Plus, what causes ADHD and can it be cured? That's in 30 minutes. I'm excited for that conversation. I bet you are. (laughs) For all you out there who might have this or might debate if they have this, maybe you're distracted these days. You feel like you have a lack of focus. What is going on? Could you have ADHD? Or is your life just falling apart? I wonder how, I think one of my questions is going to be like, how often is it like late, like diagnosed late in life? Uh, yeah, that that's a good one. I think that right now it is for a lot of people that are older because... I think you're looking for know. answers. I'm looking for myself. <laughs> you're looking for answers. It's like looking for some excuses, actually. <laughs> like, because I actually don't think I have... I, I, we talked about our toxic personality traits. I just think sometimes I get lazy. And that's more like it. Yeah. My mind just shuts off. It's like, time for a nap. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of the toxic... Oh, my goodness. That. Thank you for bringing that back up. Sorry. All right. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. In October 2021, Cleopatra Kembek Abugu publicly celebrated receiving a new national identity card bearing her preferred gender marker and name. Uh, she lives in Uganda. She said, my ID says that I am also here. Uh, she is a trans woman and human rights activist. And she said that in an interview with Open Democracy, this is not just my win, it's also the community's win. That's because Uganda is well known for its public and political hostility to LGBT people. It is dangerous and risky to live openly as an LGBT person. Some have even been attacked and killed and LGBT shelters are raided constantly. However, she has a very unique case because she actually approached them as intersex. So this isn't necessarily something that everyone can do, according to advocates, but it definitely represents a big win. So an early Yaz Queen to Cleopatra on changing her ID. Yeah. And as the big tech platforms continue to be questioned by lawmakers, here's Snapchat VP of Global Public Policy, Jennifer Stout, who refused to tell Senator Ed Markey if Snapchat supports uh, teenagers basically controlling their own data. 
You support my legislation to update the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act to give that 13, 14, and 15-year-old control of their data. Ms. Stout. Senator Markey, um, I just want to say that we absolutely support a federal privacy proposal, and we've worked very hard with members of this body to try you to... Could you support my child protection, my teen protection law? Do you I support think, it? So, Senator, we agree that there should be additional protections put against young people to protect them further from... Right. You, so you've had a chance to look at the Child Online Privacy Protection Update that I've introduced. It's been out there for years. Do you support it or not? I think, Senator, we'd love to talk to you a bit more about no, no. some of the uh, issues. No, no. Listen, this is, this is just what drives us crazy. We want to talk. We want to talk. We want to talk. This bill's been out there for years, and you still don't have a view on it. Do you support it or not? I think there are things that we would like to work with you on, Senator. Oh. I mean, going in circles there. I'm telling you, the disconnect and tension between the government and tech right now is very apparent. It's it's awkward and cringy, but something's going to happen. I think we're re reaching a fever pitch. Like the next generation is going to see government finally really be more. I wouldn't say con controlled, uh, controlling technology, but yeah, I think like the, understanding it more. That's definitely. the interesting thing about it, where it kind of brings up some red flags for totally. me about like government controlling technology in the ways like how what they control. Yeah, it, so what, how are you regulating? Yeah, it? the that's, word control. Is wrong. Uh, regulating is still is still the. I think that's the right term, and I, I'm wondering what that genuinely really looks like. Exactly. I think it's difficult because it's been growing so quickly and changing so quickly. Well, finally. No, it's my turn. Okay, after this, all right. So next, what's trending this hour? Oh my God. Just want to let people know I'm going to be revealing the world's first ever trillionaire. It's getting announced right now. People are talking about this person. I know. Find it out more already. in the next hour. I know it. Ryan, what's in the tea report? I'm going to say it right no, now. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we are about to talk sports again. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for the tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Floyd Mayweather was caught on camera refusing to pose for a photograph with a teenage boy, seemingly because he had painted nails. Here's that clip. So yeah, that was yeah. the boy um, posting a video about it. And later in that video, he's like, yeah, he's a homophobe. Like, I can't believe that he didn't want to take a photo of me because I, my nails are painted black. Well, Mayweather's representative, of course, strongly denied these allegations of homophobia. When approached by TMZ for comment, the representative claimed that the ex-boxer was just simply in a hurry to leave the NBA game. However, Lies. eyewitnesses told the publication that Mayweather was happily posing for pictures with other fans around the same time. So, yeah. Caught in a lie. Yeah, this is awful. This is absolutely awful. And it's just black fingernail polish. Like, I need I need cishet men to grow up. Are you so Sad. attached to your masculinity that you just you are just too afraid of anything? Like it's just really sad and what a depressing life to live. It's weird. That's your team report. I got more coming up next hour, and I'm going to reveal the trillion dollar nair year. Yes, the, it sounded like you said nair. Trillion, like, trillion dollar, nair, trillion nair, dollar nair. Yeah. nair year. Okay.
<laughs> well, next up. He makes cars. Oh. <laughs> Next up, we're revealing our own experiences with ADHD and later this hour, what causes it and can it be cured? Stick around for that. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So in 15 minutes, we're going to be talking about what causes ADHD and can it be cured? And we actually do have a an expert joining us for that. But first, we wanted to open it up the conversation into our own experiences with ADHD. I mean, I don't feel like you've had any of those issues or like, have you ever wondered if you have that at well- all? I don't think I've ever wondered it, but I think oftentimes what you see, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but when kids are young, um, especially kids of color, um, Hmm. black kids specifically, uh, I remember because I was a very outgoing kid, like when I was younger, like I was very talkative. Like I like to, you know, talk to my teachers. I, you know, I like to just talk in class. I used to actually get a lot of trouble for being so talkative. And oftentimes I remember, um, now that I'm thinking about it, my mom would go to parent-teacher conferences and they would be like, oh, I, you know, maybe you should look into like ADHD medicine. And a lot of times teachers oh. do do that when it comes to kids of color or just kids in general, but specifically more so kids of color because it's, you know, that type of thing, putting them on medicine instead of giving them more room to be, um, to kind of really own their smarts or their intelligence or own their who they are and their personality. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the options in schools is to just give medicine. That and is scary and sad. No, it but is. But to it's, like it's, numb you and dim your light. That's Ugh. real. And so, I mean, but sometimes that just, that does happen because if you're a parent and you don't know any, any better and you have to figure something out because you're, you're tired of the school always calling you and you have to come and pick up your kid and all that stuff. That's like, you're trying to find a short, alternative to make this happen quickly and so as i've gotten it as an adult i've never really uh felt that way um i've never felt like i couldn't focus uh, to be honest i feel like my focus is zeroed in even more mm. um i've zeroed in even more on details i'm actually more in- intentional and intense about details Do you think than you i ever OCD really was more like that i don't think i have control well i don't think i have ocd i think i uh i was kind of in some ways, I'm. I was raised to. I mean, from a young age, I remember my mom tried to get me uh, in high school to try to get me to use my calendar and all of these things. So I feel like, as adulthood started and, and the nature of our careers, I yeah. feel like that was just something that worked for me. Totally. Where now I'm just like, oh, I'm so into color coordinating everything. I'm very oh. intense about like uh, sending me a calendar invite. Like I've kind of like yeah. ramped up on that end, but. Um, the folk like the lack of focus doesn't really happen to me unless I'm like burnt out. Now that's a no, thing maybe I'm just living in burnout. Then, yeah, though. maybe. I mean, that's a uh, big possibility. Yeah, it's interesting because I also I, I I didn't work well in one of my first schools I went to. That was a more traditional school. When I went to the artsy school, that was all about creativity. I, as my mom says, I blossomed. Yeah. I thrived. So I think that, and I want to talk to this expert about this after this. But like this idea that you have ADD, ADHD, are you just like a certain type of person, a personality who's creative, and are you trying to fit into an environment that's just not working? for you because a lot of times I think that is the case right maybe you're stuck at a job where you're inside or at a desk and you're you are someone who likes motion and movement and why is that a bad thing why why not look at that as oh a way to find out what you love instead of saying well something's wrong with me well you've mentioned though that you feel like you're like well maybe I do have this 
Why Why is that something that you felt that maybe you are I felt like I had a bit because I right. have felt over the past few years a bit of, uh, yeah, hard time focusing, getting distracted very easily, um, having trouble with uh, longer tasks, mm-hmm. disorganization, and yeah. But then a lot of that I feel like is connected to anxiety and also um, possibly just trauma actually Mm. um and i think i went uh, i went through a a professional trauma a decade ago that i think really put me into on a path of like i always kept my together but i never really healed that trauma Mm. and so it came out in other ways isn't that interesting so i do want to talk to this expert about that of like what does it mean to have adhd right now you know how do you know maybe if you have adult ADHD. Is that even a thing or is that a buzzword? And what can you do about it? So stick around for that after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we've been talking about ADHD, which I feel like is talked about a lot these days. And I, I mean, because of social media, I, like I, I have get not seen it being you know talked why? about that much. I get targeted it on TikTok. Oh, your phone, your iPhones. Siri's hearing you like, well, no, she talks about ADHD a lot. Let me give her targeted no, ads. Because I like and comment a lot on the mental health stuff, mm-hmm. therapy stuff, ADHD. Um, and as all of us know it's a really misunderstood mental health condition, but it's very common. It includes symptoms like inattention, overactivity, impulsivity, and it's behaviors everyone experiences at one time or another, actually. So yeah. I want to understand, you know, how to know if it's Hello? you're just having, oh, hey, yeah, one sec, we're just here. introducing this. <laughs> Live on the air. Um, Greg Fabiano <laughs> joins us, a professor at Florida International University, to discuss uh, and break down um, if... ADHD is something, you know, the the symptoms, and by the way, thanks for being here. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to my phone, I guess. No worries. You're here now. We're happy to have you. And we're live. Yes. So <laughs> uh, um, some of these symptoms are things that you could just experience at different points in your life. How do you know if they're just random and like regular things you're experiencing versus actually ADHD? Oh, great question. One of the things about ADHD it's important to acknowledge is that the symptoms that make it up are normal things. Uh, everybody's inattentive sometimes, right? We've, always, uh, we've all felt ourselves doodling during a long lecture. We've all probably said things we wish we hadn't, right? We've been impulsive. Sometimes if we're sitting for too long, we get fidgety or restless. The way we really define whether or not something meets criteria for ADHD is that it causes those things cause problems in daily life functioning. They get in the way of our social relationships. They cause difficulties in academic or workplace situations. Uh, make, they may make people feel down on themselves over time because they're they're not succeeding. And so that that other part, the problems in functioning, is really important. Uh, if you don't have those things, then you really wouldn't say somebody has ADHD. Yeah. So. I, I guess I wonder, especially when it comes to like adult ADHD or is that what a it, thing? Is that yeah? Because we've been talking about that. We want to know is that a real thing? And and is it real? Is it true that can it actually blossom like later in life? Can you be diagnosed with it like later as you grow older? So let's be honest. We live in a pretty hectic world, and uh, you know many of us are pulled in all kinds of different directions as people meet new life challenges, like they become parents or their job gets busier, they get a promotion, they have more responsibility. It may feel like a person has ADHD. Um, Now, I'm not going to discount that uh, life stress 
is something somebody should acknowledge and, and get help for if they're having it. Yeah. But to meet criteria for ADHD, the symptoms have to be present early in life, before 12 years of age, oh. and, and then they persist throughout the life course. So when you do a really good diagnosis, to, if an adult says, yeah, I think I have ADHD, sometimes you have to go back to their old report cards and you see the teacher says, yes, this child is often off task or uh, you know, we're very disorganized. And so you can see that there's a marker for that, even if they weren't diagnosed. But if somebody sailed through school, there was never any indication. And then as a, a young adult, they're saying, well, I'm feeling distracted or disorganized. Uh, you might want to look in to see if maybe there's something else that's causing the problem. It wouldn't necessarily uh, be considered ADHD. So interesting. Yeah, because I think it's one of those things that's being thrown around right now, even to the point where I feel like I've talked about it here where... I've been called out for being distracted or a lack of focus, fidgety, all this. And I said, maybe I just have ADHD. I was never diagnosed. What are possibly it, the reasons I feel that way? But yet sometimes I could be very focused on a task. But yeah, I have to really be conscious and intentional about that. And remember, they're normal behaviors, right? We all have these things sometimes. The intensity of them, that they're happening to a great degree, and they're causing big problems are really the key questions that go into whether or not a diagnosis is met. Correct. Because I was saying how could a a possible trauma in your adult life kind of spark a bit of those types of symptoms or behaviors? You're absolutely correct. Uh, One of the symptoms of anxiety could be inattention on distractibility that also goes along sometimes with a diagnosis of depression, of post-traumatic stress disorder. So uh, usually if somebody has concerns, going to see a professional who can help them sort out what's happening and, and what may be causing those concerns is usually the best recommendation. So wait, can, when we get back, can you talk about people who have been like misdiagnosed and how to like find that out? Because I, I feel like what if they were diagnosed as a, a child, but they never really were, especially as a tool of being a person of color and, and race and ADHD. That's a real serious thing. And I feel like we should talk about it. So we got more show coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We are back having a really great discussion about ADHD. And I think this was something we needed to hear because, one, I was looking for someone to tell me if I have ADHD. Yeah, you were looking for uh, answers, I told you. Greg Fabiano is back with us, a professor at Florida International University. And, yeah, thanks again for joining us for this. Sure, thanks for the invitation to talk. So can we talk about how ADHD impacts communities of color, um, especially when it comes to either being overdiagnosed or underdiagnosed? I would love to know if that's, you know, something that really does impact our community. And is that something you see where people have just been like, actually, you never really had it and you were just on medication for no reason? (laughs) You're asking a really outstanding question, and uh, I think one of the things to consider is access to professionals who can provide uh, diagnostic evaluation, uh, access to uh, strong classrooms where an educator is uh, delivering a really engaging curriculum and using good positive behavioral supports uh, is something that can almost like turn the volume up or down for whether or not ADHD symptoms are present. Mm. And if uh, if a child is in an environment um, where, the, where the classroom maybe isn't working as strong as it can work, um, if there is poor access to care, that can make an impact. 
Uh, and we also know that there are cultural differences in uh, views about the ADHD diagnosis in and of itself. Um, there are differences in uh, whether or not uh, um, uh, a family is interested in a particular treatment, like a medication treatment or versus a positive behavioral support treatment. And to be honest, the field has a lot of work to do to, to really sort out uh, what is going to be the best approach um, for all children. I think in particular um, um, for some of the questions you're asking about children of color and making sure that all of our studies are inclusive of all the kids we hope to treat with our effective treatments. Yeah, and I know this has come yeah. up for uh, women as well, like misdiagnosis. But what what's the difference between... ADHD and ADD, by the way, just quickly. Oh, that's a good question. I know it's like there's no hyper in it, but is there really a difference? Just the worst a- version? ADD is actually an older term uh, now. The wow. current diagnostic criteria say that everybody has ADHD, but you have different kinds of presentations, either primarily an attentive presentation. That would be uh, consistent with uh, really the old term of ADD. Uh, or you have a primarily hyperactive impulsive presentation, or you have both of those things combined together. And so just uh, advice on what to do if someone's like, okay, either I've already been diagnosed or I think I have this. What, is there a cure? What can they do? And is it problematic to think about it like that, like a cure for something that you could really live with? I think you're right on the money there that most of the, the best, thinking in the field is that ADHD is a collection of characteristics that make up the person. And so um, you wouldn't tell a person that uh, you just need to be taller, right, if they can't grow anymore. Mm. Uh, And so a cure is probably going to be something that's probably far off in the future. The best thinking right now is that you try to help uh, individuals soar with the strengths that they have, right? ADHD symptoms are only one of many things that make up the person. And then you try to, so you try to build skills and accentuate the strengths that are already there. And then you have to try to figure out how do you reduce the problems that are caused by the ADHD symptoms? That might include some additional supports in a classroom setting. That might include working with the child's parents to teach them some positive strategies so that they're um, learning to choose their battles. They're not on the kid's case about every single little thing, uh, but they're focusing on the big ticket items that the child really needs to address in order to function well in the family. And I think this could be relating to adults too, by the way. You're exactly right. Okay, well, thank you so much again for being with us. That was Greg Fabiano, a professor at Florida International University. Have a great rest of your day. Such a great conversation. Thanks for the invitation. Take care. You too. Next up, the world's first trillionaire might be here. We'll tell you who on What's Trending This Hour next. Mm Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Who felt that ride it by regard? I was bouncing in the studio. But we've got some more show for you right now. Also, stick around you for take more me music. back to college uh, radio <laughs> days. You know, it's not Throwback Thursday, but I'll <laughs> take it. So coming up, we're talking all things Palm Springs Leather Pride. That's in 15 minutes. Excited for that convo. Uh, plus, Britney Spears' ominous warnings about her family mm. on social media. That's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Elon Musk is already the world's richest man with an estimated net worth of $219.6 billion. What would you do that with that money? Oh, yeah, you'd make rockets to go to space? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's doing it. And it looks like the Tesla CEO is on track to become the first ever trillionaire. 
While Musk has made most of his money from the electric vehicle company, according to analysts at Morgan Stanley, it's his space exploration venture, SpaceX, that's about to really put him on the financial map. There you go. He's going to become the first trillionaire. I wonder what Jeff Bezos thinks of this. It's like the ultimate. <sighs> oh, it's, uh, it's the ultimate That's like the last thing I'm wondering about these two who are bored enough to just want to build spaceships. I really hope South Park does an episode of Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos. Do we mention South Park on this That's station? Yeah, yes, yesterday we did. Oh my god! Because I was talking about Simpsons, and then we ended up mentioning South Park is the worst. I know that's why they'd be great doing this, dragging them. Anyway, let's move on. DC Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone called out right-wing Republicans who align themselves with police but seem unconcerned with accountability for Donald Trump supporters who harmed officers during the U.S. Capitol riot. Here he is on MSNBC. Sedition is what many see. Um, And yet there are some leaders, I think of the vice president, some Republican leaders who call this just another day in January. To that, what do you say? Uh, I mean, at this point, I have no response. Uh, Everyone has seen uh, the images from that day. Everyone has heard my testimony. If you haven't, it's because you choose not to. Mm -hmm. Um, If you describe that day as anything other than brutal and violent, Uh, and a disgrace to this country. Um, You're lying to yourself, and you're lying to those around you. Okay, he said it. I mean, it's it's sad that he needs to continue talking about it in that way for people to get it, and they're not even getting it. Well, the Biden administration announced additional steps on Monday to increase the availability of rapid at-home coronavirus tests and bring down their costs. The tests, some of which return results within minutes, can help distinguish between the flu and the coronavirus. So yeah, that's coming to you pretty soon, which would be cool. Wouldn't that be amazing? Rapid at-home tests. Oh my God, yeah, that's necessary and so needed. needed. Exactly. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Woo! Britney Spears, you know, conservatorship may be coming towards an end, but her animosity to her family appears to be heating up. Ooh. It is time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So in a stinging new Instagram message, uh, the pop star blasted family members for, quote, hurting me deeper than you'll ever know and sounded an anonymous warning saying this, quote, I know the conservatorship is about to be over, but I still want justice. Um, She said, I'm only 5'4", and I've played the bigger person my entire life. Do you know how hard that is? She began her post by calling out people she loves who bailed on her or leave after 10 minutes on social outings. Quote, saying it's humiliating and it's like every person I've ever opened to immediately says they'll be going on a trip for two weeks after. Okay, I get it. They're only available to me when it's convenient for them. Well, I'm no longer available to any of them. Um... Wow, she's really talking about it. She's uh, She said that she was done being, quote, this understanding Mother Teresa and launched into this direct rebuke of her family. And this, of course, is not the first time that she's done this. She's recently threatened to tell all about her clan in an interview and dragged relatives in recent posts. So, yeah, I don't, you know, where do I, where do I start? 
I'm happy that she is has won the freedom that she is getting to express herself in the ways that she needs to express herself, mm-hmm. being open and honest about her experiences yeah. and what she's still dealing with. Um, but I wonder, is Brittany all the way okay? I want her to be okay. Well, she, and I know she's going to have to work through some things. Yeah, she probably, let's be clear, she probably isn't for good reason. Yeah. I, I just hope because... I just it, want her to be okay. This is the thing. My worry is because she's been put through the ringer with any sort of, with the control she was put um, a victim of. I'm worried that she's going to, it's going to be a hard time for her to get the support she needs because of the fear of that happening again. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be the thing because... Uh, she needs guidance and help. I mean, to even untangle what she's been through. But oh, it's so sad. But free Britney all the way. Still. That's your T report. I got more coming up next hour. Well, Palm Springs Leather Pride is here. What to expect? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, super excited to talk about this. Palm Springs Leather Pride is coming up. And here to share more is Jeff Hawker from Hawker Productions, the executive producer of Breakout, full-release dance party that happens there. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Oh, thank you. You know, and I have to say, Channel Q has always been so supportive of everything we've done. And, of course, the Odyssey Network. There you go. All the buzzwords. Wow, yeah, you just... Uh, did you get a <laughs> well, press release? That's great. Thank you. Are you, you getting paid? <laughs> you know, Justin and Brian and yes. all you guys are so amazing. Oh. Um, we have to do a shout out to Rob Zavitka out yep. in Palm Springs. What up, Rob? Because, yep, what up, Rob? And also, I have to say thank you to um, Kyle Taylor and Dan Smith, who are co-chairs for the Leather Pride Weekend. We are doing something really cool this year. We're doing a thing called the Breakout Full Release Party, and it's a big dance party starring Colton Ford. You probably know him from doing some adult films, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but now he's a singer and actor. And then we're going to have um, house DJ DJ uh, Hector Fonseca, who is going to come out from Brooklyn, New York, and do some spinning. So I know all your listeners are going to want to come out. Well, of course. And, you know, you're on a show that likes to go there, right? And I think what's really interesting about Leather Pride is oftentimes I think the queer community forgets kind of like the contributions that the kink and the BDSM communities have kind of led when it comes to, you know, LGBTQ plus like liberation. And I always wonder, like, what does the leather community think about when they hear discourse around, well, maybe leather, the leather community shouldn't be included at Pride or kink shouldn't be included at Pride, like regular Prides in June. Do you have any thoughts about that? Because I think that's just so really interesting how we sometimes just forget about how the leather community really pushed for a lot of liberation when it comes to being sex positive. Well, yeah, a lot of sex positive, but also, you know, pushing um, fantasy and fetish. And as you know, it's morphed over the years. It was all about leather before. And now it's about leather or latex and neoprene and, you know, great colors and all that. I think for for younger uh, people who are looking to really feel good about themselves and what they're wearing, I think, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to come out and be exactly who you are, Mm -hmm. be authentic and look fabulous. I agree. And Palm Springs is like the best place to do it. 
Well, yeah, the weather's going to be great this weekend. It's going to be 90 during the day and like 75 at night. And everyone looks so hot in their leather. It's not like hot, like sweaty hot, but like actually <laughs> well, it like can delicious get hot. hot. Under leather also. No, I'm talking about like delicious. I mean, we love the harness, we love the chaps. It's <laughs> yeah, my type of party. I wanted to know what you're looking for from the Mr. Palm Springs leather contest. Like, what is the ultimate <gasps> Mr. Can I sign up? Palm Should I do Springs it? Leather? You yes. should, Ryan. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hot bear type. I know. Oh, I don't know if course. you remember me, but we met oh. at the Coachella house party. Girl, I was drunk. Let's not talk about it. I know. We were all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, um, I think there's uh, four or five contestants this year, and really what they're looking for is somebody who is great about doing outreach and doing fundraising for mm. other charities. That's the one thing that's really strong with the leather community is it's always about going out and helping other people. They just did a shoe and sock drive. They they got 400 pairs of shoes. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, helping other people. Why are we on this planet if we're not here to help other people? Yes. And it feels like such a huge celebration because, like, life is like kind of bouncing back to this new normal after the pandemic. And it feels like this year is really special. Have y'all thought about that? And, and, you know, since everyone's going to be out together. Oh, I have to tell you, well, everything this year is in October. You know, we just had the BMP Paribas. We had uh, uh, the mid-century modern weekend. And now uh, this weekend is also the desert AIDS walk. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, you can come out and be Mm. part of that. If you're coming from wherever city in the United States, But, you know, I think it's just a great time to be alive. And I think we're being more self-aware and being aware of the people around us where we weren't before. And now it's like everybody's like hugging again and kissing on the cheek. And I have to tell you, you know, we're doing good with the COVID numbers. So come out and have a good time. And of course, it's benefiting Palm Springs Leather Order of the Desert. What do people need to know about that organization? Uh, well, it's uh, it's all about, again, brotherhood and coming together for common causes. Um, you know, one of the things that's so great about it is it's accepting to all people, men, women, straight, gay, you know, transgender. It doesn't matter. Just come and be a part of, you know, the community here as well as, you know, helping other people. You know, yep. I, I always go back to that. It's about helping other people. Okay. Well, thank oh, you so that. much for thank getting Thank you for the excited. work that you're doing. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't wait to see you guys. Oh, I know. Yes, I, I, I want to meet you sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came out to L.A. one day, and I couldn't get in the studio because of the COVID thing, and I wanted to well, see all you guys. We'll be in Palm we'll Springs for Pride, we so we'll sure see you will. very soon. That was Jeff Hawker, executive producer of Breakout Full Release Dance Party. Check out uh, Palm Springs Leather Pride, October 28th through the 31st. Thanks again. Thank you. See you soon. Yeah. Next up. Are you aiming too high? When should you lower your expectations Always. in dating this or in life? For hey, that's, everyone. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so when are you aiming too high when it comes to relationships? And do you know when you should lower your expectations? Does this <laughs> pop uh, pop off come up for you? Um, I don't know why I said pop off. <laughs> it's like... Huh, this is interesting. So... I, as someone who's like dating online and all that stuff, trying yeah. to figure it out, it's really interesting. One of the things, if you're not familiar with a lot of these apps, where like at first it won't show you who's liked you, you have to pay extra for that. So when, and I was just having this conversation with friends. So like when I'm like 
swiping people and I'm not like matching automatically, but I see like a ton of people have swiped right on me and then you finally get to reveal who is like interested in you. Yeah. It makes me feel like sometimes, one, how dare they think they could get with me. <laughs> I know. I remember I, I, you say this. It's real. It just makes you feel like sometimes you're like the ugliest person ever. No shade. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just being real. And I think it, uh-huh. or it makes you feel uh-huh. like, well, maybe you should uh-huh. lower your expectations a little uh-huh. bit. And maybe one of these people who you're not necessarily attracted to, maybe the attraction will come at some point. But for me, Attraction is a real part of it, right? I have to be yeah, stimulated by who you are. Um, and uh, sometimes it just feels like the people that feel like, you know, they're swiping right on me, they are very confident. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, so here there's a few things I think to that say is about honest. that. That is real. No, I love it. Thank you for sharing that because it's there, real. there are people that go on apps and are like, that's who wants to be with me. Who who gives what gives you the right to think that you could <laughs> and get with like me? Weird. And I'm saying it's I'm not saying this like I think I'm the finest person ever. But I'm being real. Yes. Like sometimes people for are you. like really they, there's a lot of people on these dating apps that are a mess that shouldn't be. They should really be in therapy. <laughs> Says the person. Who's in therapy. So I, I think I can say that. So here's the thing. There's a few things. When when someone swipes on you and you're like, does this mean I'm not attractive? This person attracted me? I would throw that back on you saying, why? I, you're not my therapist. I, I, I'm, I'm here in the conversation. <laughs> um, okay, go. Well, well, throw it back at me. Shira playing the therapist. No, <laughs> uh, no th- I'll throw it back at you. Why does this validate something that you, you might think about yourself? I, don't, Meaning, I think I'm great looking. Well, then, if you think you're so great looking, why does a few unattractive people thinking you're hot change the thought your your thoughts about because yourself? It it doesn't. <laughs> it just makes it feel like it's one of those things where it makes it feel like oh, I'm not attracting the people that I think I okay. want to attract. Which is which is valid. I think that I think that is fair to say. Um, but then it also I think then that's uh, you're not also true I, though. That's because I feel like you've been around and ha- and but been I have with to say, many good looking people. No, of course. But those are all people that I've met like not online. Why are you? Why I think are you online is on, a different thing. Blame the app. Those apps are. Oh, I bad. am. I think I. I think I really am. Sometimes the algorithm will show me like you know. There's one that will be like, oh, this person you would be compatible with them because maybe our profiles or the algorithm or something. And I'll be like, no, I'm not compatible with this exactly. person at all. And so I think because it also feel like you may be thinking this way because it's not like you really online date. Wait. I actually went on the app. It was like for was five single. seconds. But even then, I was I was being targeted. The people I dated, my ex boyfriend got targeted to me. I was like, really? Two people I dated in my area. I was <laughs> well, like, that Thanks. makes sense. Trigger alert. But I, I mean, I saw some good looking folks, but they weren't necessarily swiping on me or saying yes. So I said maybe yes to them. They didn't say yes to me, right? And you I was don't like, know all right. That, do you? I, well, it didn't get to the point where both of us said yes to each other to get to the next step yeah. on some of them. At any rate, this is the thing. I don't believe in setting your expectations lower, just to nip that in the butt. I agree. Quick. I agree. I think that... Unless they're delusional and you're delusional. Yes. If you're not being reasonable, and if you're being so rigid that you can't be flexible, I also think that a lot of times, instead of looking... I'm flexible. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in more ways mm. than none. But if you're sometimes looking to control other people, you have to look at yourself to say, like, 
um, am I being, you know, what am I wanting am to I others? The am I showing up the way I, I'm in, in terms of how I'm asking others to show up, right? Because a lot of times if you're attracting something, maybe- I'm not responsible how others show up. If they don't show up in the ways that I think that I start, want them to show up, then that's but, not my hey, problem. I'm going totally. to go find someone who, but, who does. But if there's a consistent pattern there, at a certain point you have to be like, okay, it's what's the common- uh, you know, commonality here. The don- denominator? denominator. You can bring in like, fractions. Yes. <laughs> I was a liberal arts major. The common denominator is you. That's the reality. Yeah. And so, like, that's the thing that I think a lot of people, it's not about lowering your expectations. It's about saying, if something keeps popping up and it's not at the level I want, then you have to look at that and say, okay, what what is it about me that I'm attracting that? I get to shift. I get to continue working on myself so I could bring in the right type of person. But there's also people that are delusional that think they could get you. Yes. That oh, they think they could get you. Yeah, that's yeah, so it's not it doesn't have to necessarily be about you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's always the case. But I, the whole thing you can control is you. You can't control other people. I can control who I <laughs> swipe right on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> OMG. The spiral, downward spiral continues. This is a more complicated thing than just like one willy-nilly therapy session. Yeah. Are you going to be paying me for the next one now? Well, I didn't say it was good advice. (laughs) You want a refund? Are you giving me... Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This woman wanted to see how generous her man was. So on... Their blind date, she brought 23 members of her family to test his generosity. Why would she do that? That's awful. Yeah, the bill ended up being $3,100. And she would have paid for it along with her 23 others. Well, he actually was a runner. He he left. I would have left too. Are you kidding me? Like, she's a psycho. She's the she's the person we were talking about where about delusional in the last segment about your expectations being too high. The fact that she would think that that was okay to do on a first date. Girl, I hope you're single alone with 33 cats for the rest of your life. <laughs> 23 cats. 3,100 cats. <laughs> there you since go. Since that's how much the bill is. So, I mean, this is a pretty bold move to do this as if this would I, I like I guess someone would really want to be with you like I will jump through hoops no I will do anything do to I, impress you and your family in order to be with you on a real note it feels kind of abusive and manipulative like it feels like she's already starting out by showing her who she is and showing how unrealistic she is that it could only get worse if he was to have stayed and been up like in a relationship with and her. you know what it was actually his mom who had set up the meeting after becoming concerned about his lack of dating life. I think mom needs to go on the chopping block as well. Do, does he really need her? <laughs> like, Get rid mom, of all the toxicity in your life, sir. This is why I'm not dating right now. Because of this. And it's her fault. Yeah, she should have paid for it. Anyway, I've never seen this. Like, This is just hilarious. Have you ever had any types of dates like this where you're just like, you were either forced to pay the bill or it just went that wrong? No, actually. I think, for me, I'm always a person that loves to, like, split the bill. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I think that's, like, I don't want anyone to pay for anything. I'll pay for drinks and all that stuff. Like, I normally do that. But, you know, dinner, I'll, split it. Let's, yeah. let's go Dutch. I'll tell you something. Just way back, I was dating someone who was older than me. My dad came to town to meet him with his girlfriend. My boyfriend at the time ordered everything for the table and my, made my dad pay. Oh. <gasps> 
Oh yeah, that was the first impression. Well, you, know you don't that really went. tell us any good stories about that. What it was an ex. Besides, it's this an ex. Exactly, I ended up with the, yeah. a good one. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. So Spank CEO Sarah Blakely is just goals. Girl boss, woman boss, all of it. She sold her company for $1.2 billion. Okay. She's like in her Mm mid-30s. She's a rock star. Anyway, and as a gift to her employees, she announced that she was giving them a pair of free first-class round-trip tickets and ten thousand dollars. How about that for a perk for the sale? I mean, the video of this, watching everyone cry and scream, and it was like a first-class ticket, money to spend while you're there. This is honestly, she's she wins the best boss ever. Yeah, this is pretty huge. It, it is really huge, uh, and it's a great example for other bosses out there. You know, we're we're waiting for our uh, free round-trip first-class tickets, and you know. Bonus and all that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, if our, <laughs> I didn't say that. You know, I would love that, but I'm just I didn't saying, say I'm that. I'm trying to manifest something here. Huh? Wow. Anyway, well, a big yes Shira queen of the day. She working conditions is what we're hearing. <laughs> big yes queen of the day to uh, the Spank CEO again, Sarah Blakely. One as an incredible female entrepreneur, and also uh, showing example of great leadership here. Yes, Queen. And that also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We are going to be talking about asexuality because it's Asexual Awareness Week. So how to tell your partner that you are asexual, what you need to know. Plus, we are talking more about this whole black flag situation and understanding the Trumpist's latest threatening symbol. That is on tomorrow's show along with with much more, including great music here on Channel Q. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about how to talk to yourself in a better way. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.